Next on BYU Sports Nation, seeking Marriott Center magic. BYU basketball hosts fourth-ranked Gonzaga. Can the Cougars actually pull this off? Ball night. What does BYU need to do to win? And is Jashir Hardnett back tonight? Plus, BYU Athletic Director Tom Homo opens up about football scheduling, coaching extensions, and more. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live. The January finale of 2019. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store. The official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Happy Thursday, January 31st, wherever and however you're connected. Great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with the man who is happily in year 10 of his 50-year contract, Jerem Jordan. What? Hey, it's a ball night in the Marriott Center. Another late one. Gonzaga in town. A lot of juice today. I'm very excited. Let's go. We have a lot to cover and not a ton of time to do it. Here's today's show lineup. The former BYU basketball coach Steve Cleveland will join us in 15 minutes to help us prepare for tonight's epic matchup between BYU and Gonzaga. What's his formula for success for the Cougars? Our and one picks coming up in about a half an hour, and Tom Holmo discusses Notre Dame, ESPN, Kalani Satake's contract extension, all of that in 40 minutes as we do an in-depth recap. We now present today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU basketball, as mentioned, will host number four Gonzaga tonight in the Marriott Center. The first of two meetings this season between the Cougs and Zags in the regular season. The Bulldogs have won seven of the last ten overall. They've won four in a row in the Marriott Center. The latest one coming in last year's West Coast Conference final, but head coach Mark Few, oh, he knows the Cougars are dangerous in Provo. Just how physical they are and the intensity with which they they fly around it creates you know for a, a, a very very big challenge you know and then throw in the fact that they have two guys like Hawes and Childs that can go for 30 at any time and, and uh, they're just a really really dangerous dangerous team. Coverage of tonight's game begins on BYU Radio at 10 Eastern, 8 Mountain. Tip off set for 11 Eastern, 9 Mountain on ESPN2. 25th-ranked BYU women's basketball plays LMU on the road tonight, 8 Eastern on the W.TV. The Cougars are the only undefeated West Coast Conference team left and looking for a 12th straight win. Athletic Director Tom Holmo held his annual press conference yesterday. The main topics included BYU football head coach Kalani Satake's contract that Holmo says is not an issue. And BYU's broadcasting deal with ESPN, to which Homo said they are in discussions for a new contract. Much more on this coming up. Lots to discuss from uh, the 54-minute uh, press conference there. And last but not least, BYU softball is the preseason coaches pick to win the West Coast Conference. There are six teams. BYU received four of the possible five votes they could get. Of course, they can't vote for themselves. Catcher Libby Sugg is on the USA Softball Player of the Year watch list. She's all about that Sugg life. She's a preseason All-West Coast Conference Team pick along with Bridget Fleener, Riley Jensen, Libby Sugg, uh, as mentioned, Lexi uh, Taro, uh, Autumn Moffitt, and Chris Veramontes. So the Cougars continue their domination even in the preseason. BYU begins the season. Ah, oh, tough roadie in Puerto Vallarta, Mexico. Yes. Next Thursday. Not so much in the location, <laughs> but the opponents are legit. 11 top 20 opponents on the schedule for And BYU. I thought football schedule was hard. Good grief. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. 
You're talking about it, and so are we. It's what's trending on BYU Sports Nation. The Zags and Cougs will tip it off for the first time in the 2018-19 basketball season tonight in the Marriott Center. Of course, the Zags have lost two games overall. They're the number four team in the country. Those two losses came against number one ranked Tennessee and on the road against another really good team. Maybe you've heard of them, North Carolina. BYU will try and become the third team to knock off the Zags tonight. The big question is, Jerem, what is the secret for BYU to beat Gonzaga tonight? There's no secret. There's no secret. It's not Jesse Wade. It's not some mysterious scouting report or unique, exotic thing. It's not a good matchup. Let's just be honest. I think in years past, I felt like BYU could match up um, with certain guys and certain things with Gonzaga. I don't feel the same way this year. I don't feel BYU has the horses to match up with Gonzaga. However, I think BYU has some things they could do to offset some of those uh, perceived disadvantages. Gavin Baxter's emergence the last three games could be a difference maker for BYU to stay in this game and perhaps give themselves a chance. We'll see. I think Gonzaga wins big tonight unless something dramatic happens in the way of increased awesome performances from Gavin Baxter, Connor Harding, Nick Emery, McKay Cannon, Luke Worthington. BYU's got to play their best game of the season to stay in the game and potentially win. I think if BYU can shoot the three well, perhaps Gonzaga gets in some foul trouble, a run here, a run there. You don't have to be perfect to beat a great team. You just have to be better than them on that night. And we've seen that with beating Oklahoma in football, beating Wisconsin in football, beating Gonzaga recently thrice in Spokane. Again, BYU's got a shot. It's a small one, but the crowd will help. And hopefully being at home helps a ton with the role players. Again, I'm with you. I don't think there is a secret, but I do think there is a consistent formula for BYU when they beat a team of this caliber. And nobody knows it better than Gonzaga's head coach, Mark Few. Listen to this. It's incredible with the amount of people that they get to come out to a basketball game and the passion with which they cheer for is is I don't know if it's matched anywhere, quite frankly. And we've pretty much played everywhere. Yes, Jerem, the not-so-secret secret is the Marriott Center magic and the Marriott Center crowd. But the challenge for BYU is how do you incite that crowd and maximize that sixth-man potential? I think BYU has to make it loud, and there is a few ways to do that. Turnovers, transition buckets, and making more three-pointers. They don't have to shoot a better percentage from the three-point line, per se, than Gonzaga. BYU just needs to make more threes, and they need to create turnovers and transition buckets because those are the types of points and plays that make that place go absolutely bonkers. Yeah, the Marriott Center will have to show up um, in a big way. BYU's got to play well. Gonzaga's won five in a row in this gym. BYU won the first two against Gonzaga when BYU entered the league, but this is a different Gonzaga team. So BYU's got to play a great game tonight. And let's, it, it, it has more to do with how Gonzaga, how good they are. Mark Few is an amazing coach. You could argue the best coach. How do you disrupt basketball. a team like that? It's hard. I, I think foul trouble. So being aggressive, getting to the line. Gonzaga does not foul a lot. They're good defensively. They don't have a lot of weaknesses. We'll talk to Coach Steve Cleveland coming up. Uh, what does BYU do better than Gonzaga, if anything? We'll discuss. But I know this. is ready. Will they beat them? I, I don't know. I don't, I don't, in fact, I don't think so. But 
it's one game. It's not a best seven series. Perhaps BYU plays a great game. The crowd gets into it, and BYU's got a shot at the end. That's all you can ask for. Gonzaga does not shake easily, but in their loss at North Carolina, they had uncharacteristic turnovers. The Tar Heels shot the ball really well, put up 112 points, I think, and took Gonzaga entirely out of their comfort zone. They have the horses to match up. That's the big difference. I, I, I don't think BYU has the horse to match up, but play one great game and just see what happens. How much can the Marriott Center make a difference tonight for BYU? Yesterday, BYU Athletic Director Tom Homel met with the media in a semi-annual media roundtable Q&A. Hours after the 2019 BYU football schedule release, Homel had this to say about the 12-game slate. If I could take a 12-week or 13-week of a calendar of football fall season and slot those games in uh, home and road when I wanted them with a bye, it wouldn't look like that. There's no way. But you can't get those teams. Like, we couldn't get Tennessee to play us in November. So I actually went to Kalani and said, do you want to play Tennessee? It's going to be early in, in the year. It would be part of uh, a really difficult early stretch. I think Duff's told me that we're the only team in college football next year that plays four P5 schools in the first four weeks. That seems, you know, I guess a lot of P5 schools would play non-conference games against group of five or uh, independents, but that's what a good schedule looks like for an independent team like BYU. So it's not perfect by any means, but I think it's the best we could do considering we don't get to slot them in wherever we want. Okay, Spencer, what's your reaction to Tom Holmes' comments about the 2019 schedule? Scheduling and independence will never be easy. Ever. And some people say, well, what about Notre Dame? They have balance. It's great. They can figure it out. That's Notre Dame, and they're we dealing the four horsemen and Joe Montana with 100 years of championship we have history. touchdown Jesus? No. Come on. 100 years of championship history backing yeah. Notre Dame and their scheduling agreement and right. their TV rights with NBC just, it is very different. It's never going to be easy. Tom Homo said something interesting at the very end of that soundbite. He said, I think we're doing the best that we can. And in his mind, the best is take the September. best opponents that you can get yeah. whenever you can get them, wherever you can get them. So with those parameters in place, yes. How do you beat Utah, Tennessee, USC, and Washington to open up? It's compelling. It's really fun. But it's also really difficult. And the Cougars, as far as I can tell, are in no position to expect anything else besides loading things up in September, trying to put together a balanced schedule through October, which they have this year. Yeah, and then typically November is an easier slate. I don't see this going away for a very long time. Yeah, I, he, perhaps this is a different take on my the schedule's too hard thing. Are we holding BYU football to the 1980s standard in terms of that team could perhaps handle these schedules? Yes. Because this era's group cannot. We have, we have seen that. Depending on what your goals are, if your goals are to get to a bowl game, fine, great. Yeah, I see, I see six wins there, right? I think BYU gets at least six. Going six and six isn't worth anything. You go to a bowl game, that's not that hard. Like, 80 teams do it. The goal is to win 10 games and be ranked and beat your rivals and make a splash. You can do some of those. 
But the most uh, gratifying thing would be to be ranked at the end of the season and say, listen, we're one of the best teams in the country. And if you schedule too hard, you uh, decrease the likelihood of doing that. So I get that BYU needs to load up, but who's holding BYU's feet to the fire on this? Who's saying you have to load up? Nobody. It's completely BYU's call. And I just wish it was one or two fewer power fives. In, and if you have to load up September, can you throw in a week where you get a winnable game, you don't increase the likelihood of injuries and or loss? Well, it's not like this year's schedule is loaded with Power 5 opponents. Four. But four in a row is damaging. But typically, that's how BYU had to do it in the 80s and 90s because you get into the WAX conference schedule. There weren't the a lot West of conference. times where they'd load up. They did it a couple of times, and the results weren't good. Even with your Heisman Trophy winning quarterback. 2004, In yes. 1991, with the Heisman Trophy winner, what did BYU start? Were they 0-3? 0-3 in that? So even with your best quarterback ever, arguably, I think it's Jim McMahon. I think Ty's number two. But it's hard. And, and it, do you want to win or do you want to schedule tough? I don't think you can do both. Yeah, how comparable are the back eight games of this schedule to what BYU would face in the old WAC or in the Mountain West? I think it's pretty comparable. Yeah, the major difference is September. Yeah, absolutely. There you go. It starts, again, with a Power 5 and not just any Power 5, Jerem. Hit it. Countdown to the youths. Nice round number. I like that. 210 days away from BYU opening up the 2019 football schedule. They're just a Power 5, though. They're not like a better Power 5, right? No, but it's a rival Power (laughs) 5, right? I'm not giving that. They they haven't won a Power 5 conference championship. It is a rival. They won a division. (laughs) All right, finally. That's great. Good good for you. Jaron, there has been some noise out there about BYU football coach Kalani Satake entering into what some thought or some perceived – as the final year of his contract without an extension. Now, we have stayed away from this because, frankly, it's non-news. And Tom Holmo addressed and confirmed that yesterday. I think people are creating something that they're asking questions where we just typically, uh, historically, I've been here 14 years, if you go back and look at the way we've done it, is we have a kind of a plan, a process that we go through, and he's, this isn't his last year, and we've rarely gone into the last year of a contract, and it's not his last year, so he has uh, more than one year left on his contract. I've spoken with Kalani before it even came up, just to make sure we talk all the time. I don't know, I can't say we talk every day, but it's my attempt to talk every day. We talk about all kinds of things. So I know exactly where he stands. He knows exactly where I stand. And we don't really, we we don't talk about it. It externally might have forced the issue where I've gone to him and looked him in the eye and said, how you doing, brother? And he goes, I'm doing fine. And I'm saying, look great. Let's play ball. So it's, it's a, I think it's a situation that is created outside. And I, I understand the reasons, but it's not an issue. Non-story, non-issue. Again, we didn't talk about it because there's nothing really there, which Tom Holmo, you just heard, confirmed. It is not the final year of Kalani Satake's contract. If it was the final year, it'd be a story, though. And next year, it could be a story if he hasn't been extended. So, yeah, Kalani Satake is the right man for the job. 
Now, the question is, uh, BYU needs to win a little more to perhaps quickly extend that, right? He's How much more game is over, the question? Right. He's one game over 500. So on, on the field, the results have been mixed. Off the field, I think the results have been really good. Kalani Satake is a BYU guy through and through. He gets it. I think he's doing a great job. Fans love him. Yes, all those things are nice. But the main thing here is to win. And the others are complementary of that, okay? So BYU does need to win more. And that's what I'm saying with the schedule. I just wish it was just a... People always say, oh, you want to go back to the Mountain West? No, I don't. What I want is four Power Fives max. But you don't want them all together in September. I don't want them all grouped in September. I'm fine with three. I'm not fine with four in a row, you know... I'm not saying play a week schedule. This is this is a tough schedule. Do you want to win or do you want to schedule tough? That would certainly help uh, Kalani's record, right? He's one game over 500 through three years. We saw improvement. You give him a little bit of a break because there was a freshman quarterback, right? We all do. We did in 2015 as well. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm thinking back to, let's say, the 2006 season. And that type of schedule. That's what you're talking about, right? You play at Arizona. You play at Boston College. You're home to Tulsa. It's still going to be tougher. Utah State, and then you get into conference. It's still going to be tougher than that. You're going to choose to be tougher than that, and that's what I'm saying. But not like three or four games tougher. I'm talking like one or two games tougher. Okay. Okay. Well, there is your football commentary. Maybe you've forgotten in the past 10 minutes, but it is a ball night for BYU basketball against fourth-ranked Gonzaga. Or you haven't. And that centers on our question of the day. What is the secret for BYU to beat Gonzaga tonight? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. Our first response in from at Nate Dunn 02. Keep Hachimura and Perkins out of the game. Two stars for Gonzaga. Uh, they're starters, so that'll be hard. TJ Haas needs to have one of his 30-point games tonight. He's Whoa. due for one. Whoa. When TJ goes off, BYU rarely loses. Does he have two in his career? So it's, it's, it's rare. TJ did he did have, have 30 a, points against Gonzaga as a freshman? Or he had 29. 29, yeah. That's awesome, yeah. So, yeah, TJ and Yoli, I think, will get theirs. That's not the question. It's, it's the other players, I think. Carolyn Aston Smith on Facebook. Defense, hitting our threes and playing a complete 40 minutes. Okay, the energy from the Marriott Center helps BYU's defense automatically. If they can create some turnovers and some stops and get transition buckets, then the Marriott Center freaks out in a wonderful way. Yes, BYU's got to be, they can't get some big deficit they've got to climb out of. It's going to be too much. And that happened in each of the last two years. Granted, BYU trailed 19-2 when they were... Playing the number in one. Spoke and still won that game. 18 to 2. Unbelievable. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Unbelievable. Hey, coming up, and one picks. 17 plus. Okay. And next, the former BYU basketball coach Steve Cleveland tells us what he thinks BYU has to do. Yeah. And how in the Tear world it. they can actually pull this off. How do they do it? This is BYU Sports Nation. He's got all the answers. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store. The official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It's ball night in the Marriott Center. BYU host fourth-ranked Gonzaga, led by Rui Hachimura, Brandon Clark, Zach Norville Jr., Yoli Childs, and TJ Haas on the other side. Tonight, 11 Eastern on ESPN2 and BYU Radio. Pre-game on the radio with your boy Jason Shepard at 10 Eastern. We are live in Studio B. This is your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. I am Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. Listen to the show on demand, downloading the BYU Sports Nation podcast. You can always watch it at BYUSN.com. Our question of the day. What's the secret 
for BYU basketball well, to beat Gonzaga tonight. Do we want this said out loud? Then it's not a secret, right? If you really know the answer, why don't you uh, email Dave Rose or something? Just tell us what you think, people. <laughs> at Sid Bauer Bank Answers on Instagram. Momentum. Okay. I think BYU is totally capable of the win. BYU just needs to have the right mindset and a few good breaks. They've done it before. They can do it again. It's true. Uh, it feels like BYU can do it in Spokane more than they can do it in Provo at the moment because the last five years, BYU's 3-2 and two in Spokane, but 0-5 oh in Provo, which is kind of weird, it's right? It's always close or BYU wins up there. It's weird. Yeah, here it's, it's not always been close. Like, BYU's coming off a huge loss in the WCC title game. Like, when, yeah, if BYU wins... They win close, but the, BYU hasn't lost close too much. Hashtag BYUSN on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline is former BYU basketball head coach, friend of the program, Steve Cleveland. He's got all the answers Yes, how he does. Gonzaga. Yes. And we're going to get some of those <laughs> right us. now. All right, Coach, uh, we would love for you to give us uh, the secret or reveal how BYU beats a top-five team like Gonzaga tonight. Where does it begin for the Cougars? Well, I think one of the things you just mentioned is that they have to have a really, really a mindset of just being physical. There has to be a physicality. They have to be aggressive. They can't be on their heels. I mean, that, that's your mindset to start with. And I think the fact that they're coming to this game after beating St. Mary's and having 14 assists, two turnovers, and eight steals, and playing well will bode well as they prepare and get ready for the Zags. But the other thing is, is that defensively is a huge key. And they can't get beat off the dribble. They, they have to block out. They have to rebound, rebound, rebound. Everybody, guards included. The most debilitating thing is when a visiting team comes in and shoots threes and they get second and third chances because guards don't block out. So you have that toughness. You've got to rebound the ball. And then if they can do like they did against St. Mary's, I mean, they, they walk away with only two turnovers in this game like they did against St. Mary's. This game will be close at the end, and, and it'll be anybody's game. But turnovers are a key thing. And then I think most, most important is keep the game close. Just keep it in reach because the more you play, the more, first of all, there is more pressure on Gonzaga in, in every game they play. But they're also more prepared to deal with that pressure than any other team in the country because they've got a great basketball team. But I think that you keep the game close. It comes down to free throws, and anything can happen. And then, you know, the, the intangible is 20,000 fans and eight or 9,000 students just going absolutely crazy. Steve, I said uh, earlier in the program, if BYU, the, the matchup, I don't think BYU matches up as well as they have in years past per se, but perhaps the emergence of Gavin Baxter, if Connor Harding and Nick Emery can have a good game, Luke Worthington had a good game in Spokane, you know, last year or two years ago. What could be a difference maker for BYU? Because if all things are kind of what they are normally, BYU doesn't win this game and it's not close, but how does BYU make it close? Well, the matchups are difficult. Hachimura and Clark, both 6'8". They are undersized. They're a little undersized. And, uh, and you think, well, that, that's their benefit. Actually, Tilly, who has been playing, I think he's played six games since his injury, and he's averaging about seven points a game. He's 5 for 17 for the three. So it's not the same Tilly that we saw in the conference tournament last year. I think this is a better team. And, and I think the, the matchups are, are critical. Hachimura and Clark, I mean, you're looking at Baxter and Yoli Childs have to guard one of, the, one of these guys, that's who they're going to have to guard. And they're going to have to be really smart. And they're going to have to defend and don't allow deep post touches and get stopped. Both of these guys can take it off the bounce. Norvell and Perkins, and especially, I, I think if Hartnett comes back, I think that's another, another body to defend. 
But TJ and Nick and Cannon, they just got to keep them in front of them. The, the really good thing for BYU is that Gonzaga, as talented as they are, they're, they're not a team that's going north-south and just constantly breaking you off the dribble. They have to do a lot of ball screens. But you just got to stay in front of them. So it, it's not an easy matchup, but it's going to come down to the defensive end. And then the more stops they get, the more noise there is, the more likely that BYU at the offensive end has lots of confidence and knocks shots down. Coach Steve Cleveland with us on BYU Sports Nation. And, Coach, you talked briefly about the 20,000 fans in the Marriott Center and the Marriott Center magic and the difference that can make. I see it happen all the time. Transition buckets, turnovers, big three-pointers, lights the roof on fire, and it shakes opponents. Can this arena and the Marriott Center Magic shake a team like Gonzaga that is so experienced and have been in so many different environments? I don't, I don't think this Gonzaga team is going to lose their composure, but they're capable of missing shots. And I think they're, they're so well coached, they're not going to get out of character. But teams, good, even good teams can come in and it seems like there's a lid on a basket or there are missed free throws. And you start thinking about the wins that BYU has had in Spokane, oftentimes it came down to the free throw line. And so I, I think you talked about the fans. This team does shoot better in the Marriott Center. And, and I think that Childs and Oz are key to being – they're more consistent, they're more confident. And when they bo- – they've got to both play well in this game. There is absolutely no question about it. But I, I don't see a Gonzaga team losing their composure, but they may have a hard time making baskets at times. And when they do, you know, BYU, when they miss, they've got to get rebounds and come down. There's no question in my mind that – the, the fan base, will, and especially the student fan base, will have a huge influence on this game. That being said, Gonzaga's played in a lot. That in the preseason, this is all they do is play in 20,000-seat arenas. I mean, they're not going to get out of who they are, but I, I do believe in the times that BYU has beaten them, they've missed free throws, they've missed shots. BYU's got the rebound, limited them to one shot, and then someone from BYU, and you've know, you got to figure it's going to be Haas, Childs, someone that's going to have to make big shots and big moments to, to beat a team like this. Describe to us from a coaching perspective what it's like preparing for a top-five team when you host them at home. I, rem- I remember a huge game with Arizona uh, back in the day when you were coaching with BYU. What's it like as you get ready for a game that is bigger than just a game? You know what? Uh, I, first of all, I think in terms let's just apply it to this team. Com- they've got a lot of confidence after their last win, but you don't have to do a whole lot to keep them focused and prepared in practice. I mean, everybody's attentive. Nobody's dozing off in film sessions. Everybody's paying attention. You have everybody's full attention. And then you know that you, know, you talk about, as a coaching staff, you talk about how well you played at home. There's less pressure on BYU than there is on Gonzaga here. In fact, there's, there's really no pressure on BYU. They're, they're expected. There's a 90% chance every expert says they're going to lose this game. So they can breathe. They, they, can, they can take something from that, and, and, you know, it's us against the world type thing. But that, I think, key to it all is you're not going to put in a lot of new sets and special quick hitters and schemes. I think you need to instill a confidence defensively and have that game plan. If there's anything you're going to do as a coach, make sure you have a game plan defensively and, make, and making with the adjustments. Coach Rose has been great at that, where he goes from man to maybe to zone, does some different things. But that's going to be critical, is that defensive game plan, and then just breathing, be patient, don't be in a hurry, and let the game come to you. And, and then they put themselves in that position. So it, it's a lot of it's emotional and mindset, 
but you, you don't have to worry about them feeling a great deal of pressure. They should be somewhat relaxed and excited to play. Coach, BYU 4-1 and one coming in off of that uh, really solid win over St. Mary's. Gonzaga, of course, have won all five of their last five. Specific to BYU, what do you think the Cougars have been doing better over the course of this nice little recent run, including the win against the Gales? Well, I, I think that they have been more patient uh, defensively. They haven't gotten beat off the dribble. You, you start looking at those, those statistics and where they've taken care of the ball, you know, you know, there's not a lot of transition baskets. That's the key to being a really good defensive team. Is and Your offense has a lot to do with that as well. If you're, taking, if you're just jacking up threes and there's no rebounding or you're turning it over or you're allowing steals, you know, it's hard to do that. But I, I just defensively, I think Baxter gives them a presence at the rim. There's no question about that. His energy, his enthusiasm. I think if Hardnett comes back, that will help as well. But, I, you know, they're, they're playing with more confidence. And I think that oftentimes, it's, you know, if you're at home, and a lot of times it has to do with uh, who you're playing, too. A lot of those wins were against teams that BYU was supposed to beat. That's why the St. Mary's win was such a good win for this team's confidence. But uh, they, they played really solid. They took care of the ball. And, uh, and they made big plays when they needed to make them, and they got stops. And who would ever thought that, uh, you know, St. Mary's, who always takes care of the ball, would turn the ball over and, and lose their poison character. But that's what happened, and, and BYU had a lot to do with that. We told you he had all the answers. He all the answers. I be love physical, it. be aggressive, take care of the ball, coach. Great stuff. Uh, I know you're looking forward to the game. So are we. We'll talk yeah. to you again soon. Take care, guys. Thanks. Bye-bye. Steve Cleveland on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. BYU hasn't lost on a Thursday this year, neither has Gonzaga. BYU 10-1 and at home. Yeah, a lot of good numbers favoring BYU, but... BYU's going to have to play a great game to win. But no matter what happens tonight, it won't be as bad as the Fire Festival. Coming up, more from BYU AD, Tom Homo. Where do the Cougars stand in the last year of the ESPN contract? BYU over Gonzaga isn't the only potential upset on tap tonight, Jerem. Now that you bring up the and one picks. What? Really, though? Are we going there because I'm trailing now? It's an upset? Good grief. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation right now with Kiki Solano is your place for Cougar sports with a social media twist. In the latest episode, they're checking out The Rock camped out for the BYU Gonzaga game. They're there now. They're cold, but they're going to be hot tonight. What would they give up to guarantee a win tonight? Perhaps someone will shave their head. Who knows? Watch it on the BYU Sports Nation Facebook, IGTV, Twitter, and YouTube accounts. Maybe that's the real secret, Jerem. Yeah, at uh, BYU Las F Jazz. The secret is at Jerem Jordan committing to shave his head at BYU wins. I'm not doing that, sorry. There you go. They won twice without me doing that. I just want to point that out. Let's keep it rolling, BYU Sports Nation, with our headlines. BYU and fourth-ranked Gonzaga tonight in the Marriott Center, the first of two regular season meetings between the Cougars and Zags. Gonzaga have won seven of the last ten matchups overall, the last coming in last year's West Coast Conference Final, a 20-point victory for the Bulldogs. Coverage of tonight's game starts on BYU Radio at 10 Eastern, 8 Mountain, tip-off at 11 Eastern. Watch it live on ESPN2. 25th-ranked BYU women's basketball plays LMU tonight at Gersten Pavilion, 8 Eastern on the W.TV. Cougars are the only undefeated West Coast Conference team looking for a 12th straight win. If you missed it, Athletic Director Tom Holmo held one of his annual press conferences yesterday with members of the media. Main topics included things like BYU football head coach Kalani Satake's contract that Tom Holmo says is not an issue. He's not in the final year of a contract. And BYU's broadcasting deal with ESPN, to which 
Mr. Holmo said they are in discussions for a new contract. We'll have more on this in just a little bit. And BYU softball is the preseason coach's pick to win the West Coast Conference, receiving four votes. Catcher Libby Sugg is on the USA Softball Player of the Year watch list, as well as preseason All-West Coast Conference team, along with Bridget Fleener, Riley Jensen, Lexi Terrell, Autumn Moffitt, and Carissa Viramontes. Cougars begin their season next Thursday in Puerto Vallarta, Mexico. They do this every year. That's like the best trip any team takes all year. It's a reward for playing a brutal schedule. 11 games against So should BYU football teams. get a game in Puerto Vallarta as well? <laughs> well, they get a game in Hawaii if they're bowl eligible, right? That's right. That's right. And uh, Chaos happens yeah. at the end of the season. Yeah, maybe, hey, David Alvadova, maybe we take a fan fest there. I don't know. Yeah, okay. Just throw right. it out there. The biggest BYU men's basketball game of the year to date goes down tonight. Yes. The Cougars trying to snap a four-game home losing streak to the power of the West Coast Conference, Gonzaga. If BYU is to beat the Zags, hard to see a scenario where Yoli Childs, the Cougars star, averaging more than 22 points a game, isn't heavily involved for BYU. Big game, a Cougar big man. But is Yoli the best BYU big man in the Dave Rose era? We Mm. bring back just the stats to try and answer that question. Trent Playstead, Brandon Davies, and Eric Meekin. These are some of the most successful BYU big men throughout the Dave Rose era. But this season, the team strength is coming from a new name, Yoli Childs. To Yo, Yo drives to the rim. Oh, man alive! Cocks the hammer and throws it down! With Childs having such an amazing season, this begs the question, is Yoli Childs the greatest big man of the Dave Rose era? Let's take a look at just the stats. Yoli Childs has been able to set himself apart in two major ways. Scoring and rebounding. Childs has been dominating the boards by grabbing 9.7 rebounds per game with 2.1 of those rebounds coming from the offensive end. Childs' 213 total rebounds makes him the fourth best rebounder in the country. While the rebounding numbers themselves are impressive, we cannot forget how well Yoli Childs has been able to score. Childs is currently putting up 22.3 points per game. Not only is this the 16th best in the nation, but is also the best number BYU has ever seen from a Dave Rose big man. Better than Trent Playstead's 15.6 in 07 and 08, better than Brandon Davies' 17.7 in 2012 and 13, and even better than Eric Mika's 20.3 during the 2016-17 season. And to add a cherry on top, Yoli is also 6th in the nation in double-doubles. So, with these stats in mind, is Yoli Childs the best big man of the Dave Rose era? Okay. It's just the stats, people. Just the stats. Now, you decide. Now, I think on the Trent Placed Brandon Davies teams, they were more balanced. Therefore, those guys didn't score 20. Because this, this team's not going to the NCAA tournament like Trent Placed did and Brandon Davies did. Trent Placed playing with a guy like Lee Kamard. Right. And Jonathan Tavernari. And lot and young Jimmer, uh, there were a lot of weapons on those teams. I think that's the major difference. The usage rate for Yoli Childs, I would have loved to have seen in, in that as well. Is he being used more? Does he have the ball in his hands? Does he take more shots? Right. I but it's a good question. I'm not exactly sure. You and I were discussing that during the break. Who's the best big man? Statistically, it is Yoli. We should have an all-time draft just in the Dave Rose era. That would be fun. Just in the Dave Pencil Rose era. Pencil it in era. for June 16th. Okay. Okay. Summer topic. <laughs> All-time draft in the Dave Rose era. Yeah. Yes, write it down. We're incapable, apparently. <laughs> in the meantime, let's go and one.
picks, predictions, and one on BYU Sports Nation. All right, the tradition continues. We give two picks for each and every BYU men's basketball game. The first pick worth two points, and if you get that one right, then you have the opportunity to pick up the extra point with a second pick. Jerem currently leads 15-12. He has come back from down a sick to a, a six-nothing deficit. Yeah, um, yeah. To retake the lead. 15-6 run. All right. I'm going first because I still trail by three. My two-pointer. BYU will have fewer turnovers than Gonzaga. And one. Yoli Childs will not be the leading scorer in tonight's game, Jerem. Okay, Overall, let me explain a little bit. because he does average more than yes. any Gonzaga player. He yep. averages three-plus points more per game than any other Gonzaga player. I think okay. it's going to be a different ball game. Other guys going to have to step up. Yeah. Now, as far as the two-pointer goes, Gonzaga, like BYU has a pretty good assist-to-turnover ratio, right? Because TJ Haas has been balling out. 1.4 for BYU. Assist-to-turnover ratio as a team. Gonzaga at 1.8. Okay. I think the Cougars have fewer turnovers tonight than the Zags on their home floor. A two-pointer. BYU will score 68-plus. Let me explain. Gonzaga gives up 55 a game in West Coast Conference contests. I'll repeat, 55. Okay. BYU averages 83 at home. I'm meeting in the middle there. Okay? 68-plus. 68? Feels low, but Gonzaga's playing crazy defense, and BYU is generally awesome at home. But What's the yeah. lowest BYU has scored at home all year in any game? I don't know, but BYU hasn't played a top-five team at home. So there you go. And my and one. And what? Uh, BYU shoot 33% or better from three. I'll again split the difference on this one. BYU's averaging 37% from three in league play. Gonzaga, 29% three-point defense. I meet in the middle, 33%. Man, 68. I don't know how I feel about that. It has everything to do with Gonzaga's defense. <laughs> They're giving up 50. Dude, Gonzaga is beating teams in league play by 31. They're not allowing a ton of points. Okay. And that includes, they've already played San Francisco. Well, San Francisco was the exception because San Francisco actually scored the basketball against Gonzaga, right? On their home floor. Yeah. Until the last four minutes where Gonzaga poured it on. Yeah. And, all right. All right. I don't, you're yeah. How many, to, you're protecting the lead. How many, how many did Gonzaga, yeah. How many did Gonzaga allow against San Francisco? I can't remember. Yeah. While Jerem looks that up. It was 83, so it was a big number. There yeah, you go. They gave up 83 to San Francisco mm. on their home floor. Okay. <laughs> Maybe we should push your. You want me to go up a little higher? I'll go up. I'll go up right now. Okay. Seventy-three. Seventy-three. Is that f- seventy-three? Sounds a little better. You, f- you feel better? It, sound, it sounds a little better. Let it be known. Let the record show it. If it's sixty-eight, if it's less than seventy-three, I'll just be like, well, officially, coming up. Has BYU <laughs> heard back from the NCAA about the basketball sanctions appeal? Have they heard back? And the importance of the ESPN contract as it pertains to BYU football. More uh, from really the athletic cool. director Tom Homo coming up next. Oh uh, yeah, they're in the ESPN conference, right? Yeah. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Who are the guys that are going to be Cougars this season, future seasons, that will battle these tough schedules? Signing day is coming up next Wednesday, less than a week away, 12 to 2 Eastern time, two-hour dish. We will cover everything about BYU football signing day. Kalani Sitake will join the program and many others next Wednesday, 12 to 2 Eastern a special BYU Sports Nation. Great to have you with us on BYU Sports Nation, our January finale. And for those counting at home, this is episode 1,431. I want someone at home with like a BYU Sports Nation scorecard like baseball, and they're just like, okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dennis Pitta, check. Answer our question of the day for episode 1431, which just so happens to be, 
looking for a secret for BYU basketball to beat Gonzaga tonight. What do you think? The Fongolian answers on Instagram. Play inspired defense like the Cougars did against St. Mary's, where BYU quickly closed out on threes and played tough in the key. Yeah, good uh, good tweet by Cougar Stats, by the way. When BYU beat 29-0 top-ranked Gonzaga in 2017, they outscored Gonzaga 77-53 after trailing 18-2. They had a .4 win probability after they were down 18-2. Gonzaga missed 13 free throws, shot 55%, and Gonzaga was held to just three made threes, 19% shooting. BYU went 9 of 24. The Cougars have that, to make more threes. You know, not, like every game is going to be different, right? But that certainly sounds like a thing that would go well. Gonzaga doesn't make a lot of threes. BYU does. Gonzaga misses gimmies at the free throw line. Uh, BYU plays good ball. Like, BYU was down 18-2 and still won the game. My point of, you don't have to play perfect. I'm interested to see how McKay Cannon matches up with a guy like Josh Perkins. Because if you remember, a few years back, Perkins opened up the game hit like he, five three-pointers in the first half. Will he be on Norville Jr.? Or will he be on... Yeah. How does BYU And Josh Shear Hardnett, by the way, is back. He's playing tonight. So Josh Shear yeah. Hardnett, He's how back. much will he play? How much of an impact can he make defensively in helping out with BYU against that really tough Gonzaga He's a defense. guy that can guard. So okay. off the bench and guard Norville. All right. Hashtag BYUSN to join that conversation. As promised, now time to discuss more from the Tom Holmo sit-down conversation. He does this once, maybe twice a year with select members of the media. Jerem Jordan was in the room yesterday. And, Jerem, I want to get your thoughts because you were there to experience this whole conversation and see Tom's demeanor, his body language, specific to the contract with ESPN. What's the status of BYU and ESPN moving forward? This is the option year. So this is the last year of the contract with ESPN. That's why BYU's bowl ties end after this season. BYU's uh, in negotiations, talking with ESPN. I will be personally surprised if BYU does not have a, a renewal with ESPN. The influence of the worldwide leader on BYU football has been tremendous. Helping with scheduling, helping with, obviously, TV games, neutral site, compelling matchups, bowl games, obviously the TV money. This is the best possible situation if BYU is not in a league. So I'll be shocked. I know there are those that are like, hey, what about these Amazon Primes? And No one's gone that direction quite yet, and you don't want to watch your game on uh, Facebook Watch quite yet like some conferences are doing. Uh, TV obviously will have a role in this, uh, but we are the supplement to ESPN when it comes to football and basketball, and we're happy to do so. The relationship's great there. I know that every school has a network of alumni that branch far and wide across the world and certainly across the country, but BYU is one of those rare There's not a lot that have, no. Yeah. That has more people outside. Right. I would disagree with you that a lot have a lot. I would say few have a lot. Sorry. Yeah. Let me recalculate that statement every school has alumni scattered around the world and across the country but very few schools have perhaps more alumni outside of right the actual area right like you have to the go ties and, to the church of jesus christ of absolutely yeah. so espn the fandom, they're sure. smart they know this they know that byu no matter what no matter where they are will attract attention and draw eyeballs. And BYU is relatively cheap, all things considered, in terms of TV money. ESPN doesn't have to pay a boatload of money to have BYU on their airwaves. Compared to a conference contract per team, sure. Yes, it's good return on investment for ESPN, which is why they have teamed up. And I'm with you. I'd be shocked to see that this wouldn't continue. Yeah. 
Another issue that was brought up, uh, a question. It, it's a Q&A, so questions are asked and then Tom addresses them. So this doesn't mean Tom came out and talked about it. He just answered questions, right? So someone asked, has, uh, has BYU heard back about the appeal on the NCAA sanctions for men's basketball? Here's what he said. You know, we're just waiting our time and the appeal process. I'm glad that we have it. Looking forward to it. It's like kind of a, a long process where not a lot is occurring at this time, but we're waiting for the time where we'll have our voice, and I feel really good um, about where it is and what will happen at that time. During the appeal process, Jerem, do the 47 wins become... BYU is treating it like they're not gone. Yeah, yeah. Because they're not gone until the appeal is lost, Right. if it's lost. Right. Does the NCAA approach it with that same mindset? Okay, it's an appeal, so it's not official yet. I don't think so. When I've looked on Dave's record on uh, NCAA.com, I haven't noticed those 47 gone. So perhaps they're waiting as well. I, I can't say for sure. Okay. Also, Notre Dame and the game that is owed in Provo always comes up with it in this. Uh, you know, you have to ask it. Um, also, that 13th game thing from Jack Swarbrick, the athletic director for Notre Dame. Oh, he wanted the exception. We discussed, right? Hey, we're looking for a 13th game and data point potentially if we were allowed. We discussed, oh, could that be with BYU? Because we were both they like, can't play in a no, conference championship. It's not going to happen with BYU. Here's what Tom Homo had to say as well okay. about that. Notre Dame is Notre Dame. They stand alone as much as maybe they might not be uh, you know, the, the top of the hill right now. That brand is a, in college football history is number one. Maybe not right now, but it, the residual will last for a long time. And I, I respect that, and that's why there's, uh, I, I can't force an issue with that. They have a lot of strength, but we do have contracts, and we'll do everything we can to come up with a good resolution. 100 years-ish of championship history backing Notre Dame football. Like, yeah, when he it, says it, they stand alone. Yeah, BYU's not on par with Notre Dame. He's not kidding. BYU has a national championship and a Heisman. That's awesome. And, in fact, that really sticks out among the non-Power 5 teams. But BYU, BYU would like to be a Power 5 equivalent. And in scheduling, they are, but they aren't actually a Power 5 team. Thus, with all of that tradition and Notre Dame standing alone, if they are granted a 13th game, it's because they are Notre Dame. That doesn't open and it up not to every to, other independent. They're not looking to schedule independent BYU if they do so. They're, They're looking, looking to schedule a game that would launch yes, them into the playoffs. Yes, if they weren't something the that might be the equivalent of a conference championship game. Exactly right. Coming up, can the BYU women's basketball team make it 12 in a row tonight? The answer to that question is yes, and I think they it's will. It's called a tease. It's and rhetorical. BYU softball <laughs> getting some preseason love from the West Coast Conference. To nobody's surprise. Oh, they dominate that league, man. Whip goes down next as BYU Sports Nation. Softball is the, the Gonzaga of the WCC. Yes. Shout out to today's guest, former BYU basketball head coach Steve Cleveland. He gave us his answers and formula for BYU to beat Gonzaga tonight. If you missed any of that conversation or any of the show, download the podcast. Go to BYUSN.com to watch full episodes. No time for Dennis Pitta, so let's go. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Men's Basketball. Ball night in the Marriott Center tonight. Late one, 11 Eastern on ESPN2 and BYU Radio against fourth-ranked Gonzaga. They've won seven of the last ten matchups, the latest one coming in the West Coast Conference Final. Looking for a big crowd tonight. Women's basketball. 25th-ranked BYU. Just sounds right, doesn't it? Yes. Play at LMU tonight. Gersten Pavilion, 8 Eastern on the W.TV. BYU still the only unbeaten team in the WCC and trying to make it 12 straight wins. 
Athletics News. Athletic Director Tom Homel held a semi-annual press conference with the media yesterday. The main topics included Kalani Satake's contract, which Homel says is not an issue. He has contracted at least two more years. And the Cougars' football deal with ESPN, to which Homel said they are in discussions for a new contract. Softball. The preseason coaches pick to win the West Coast Conference for like the 118th year in a row. Receiving four or five possible votes. Long time. Pretty sure you can't vote for your own team, so that's why yeah. it's not unanimous. Why not? Catcher Libby Sugg on the USA Softball Player of the Year watch list. The Sugg Life. Straight from Franklin, Tennessee. She's also a preseason All-West Coast Conference team member, along with Bridget Fleener, Riley Jensen, Lexi Terrell, Autumn Muffet, and Carissa Viramontes. Golf. Voting for yourself would be like liking your own post on social media. It's like, well, of course I like it. Yeah. Of course I think we're going to win. Zach Blair is tied for 67th in the Columbia Championship Golf Tournament on the Web.com Tour. He's even through 13. Tennis. 68th-ranked BYU men's tennis travels to Logan to take on number 50 Utah State tonight. Oh, big That'd match. Be an upset. Opportunity for an upset. Hey-oh. BYU's won four of their first six matches, including a win against number 37 Old Dominion. Remember, take that, Monarchs. Matchup tonight, 7 p.m. Eastern. Cougars in pro hoops. Kyle Collinsworth and the Raptors 905 defeat Capital City 137-104. Collinsworth had five points, four assists, two steals. Today's rise and shout goes to the rock. And I'm giving Amping it. Amping down the cold. Yes. It's no polar vortex, but it is cold. It's cold outside. They've been there for a long time. And I love that BYU basketball put out a video yesterday kind of pulling together the troops and asking for everyone to show up tonight, knowing that... It's a late one. Be there. The Marriott Center magic yeah, is so important, go. and it is a 9 p.m. tip. We'll be there. Let's They're go. camped out for a 9 p.m. game a few days yeah. before. Incredible. I'll be in the stance tonight. You'll be on press. I'm, I'm going to go as a fan. Cheer. Let's we go. Need, okay, let's go. Yeah. Be loud. What's the secret for BYU to beat Gonzaga tonight, other than Jerem cheering really loud? I don't cheer on press row, but in the stands I do. Yes, you do. Our elite voice of the day, presented by Sundance Mountain Resort, celebrating 50 years, at G underscore woe 78. Is Corbin available? Don't forget, Nick Emery has beaten Gonzaga in each season he's played, too. Yes. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYU. For Jerem, I am Spencer. 11 Eastern, 9 Mountain, ESPN2, BYU Radio, BYU and 4th Rank Gonzaga. Shout out to Jackson Emery. Let's go. Go Cougs. Beat the Zags, baby. Magic, baby. Random.